the story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. The story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. They couldn't score and fell flat. And the 40 shots on goal was 40 shots on goal was a little deceiving. Yeah. And even though they had some really good opportunities, surprisingly, they need to play with that intensity. If those last three, four minutes, the Rangers sometimes don't play at their best level against lower-tier teams. Here's Johnny! Nope, this is Ranger Proud, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, here on the Bleed Blue Show. Good evening, Stephen. Good evening, Mr. Ranger Proud. Another episode of Tuesday Hockey Night on the Bleed Blue Show. Ranger Proud, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. Man. How you doing, man? How's everything? We're doing pretty good. How are you? Oh, man, I'm all right. I'm all right. We're going to talk some blue shirts on the West Coast. A little bit of a deep dive. Uh, The guys chose the Canucks and the Flyers. We'll sprinkle those guys in. But this road trip is pretty much going kind of, as far as the end results, RP, going the way I expected. So after this episode and by the time the guys and gals who will check out this episode in the morning or sometime tomorrow, uh, I expect, I expect to beat the Sharks. So, that would be the road trip for for what it is, two and two, a four-point road trip. So, yeah, man, what are your thoughts, man, as far as what the blue shirts uh, thus far on this road? And we'll see what uh, your thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, just quickly, it it hasn't been a surprising road trip. seems to be the same problems, though, if you look at it deeply. Always seem to be down two goals, struggling massively defensively. And right now, our top guys just aren't scoring enough, and I think that's the number one issue. I think if you could stop putting the puck in the net and keep the puck on the other end of the ice, some of your problems will be less magnified. And, you know, it it makes things better when you're scoring more. They're they're just struggling scoring. It doesn't seem to be coming as easy as it was early in the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that is... uh... A topic we did definitely talk about last week, and we'll get into it more. Now, Glenn, what's up, man? How you doing? So far, so good with the road trip. As I expect, and you're the, the road trip guru. This is our second time on the West Coast. So how you doing, Glenn? And got RP. We were sprinkling a little bit of uh, Canucks and Flyers along the way. But how you doing, Glenn? I'm doing pretty good, uh, despite how the Rangers have been going uh, lately. It's kind of up and down with uh, a lot of the same problems. I heard a little bit of what uh, RP was saying as I came on, and uh, uh, he's right. So, you know, we'll we'll talk about it more, but it just seems like, uh, you know, the, the, the top guys aren't scoring. Uh, the defensive structure that uh, worked so well early in the season in the neutral zone, creating turnovers and uh, – uh, you know, uh, a transition game for them that they were taking advantage of is, is gone. Uh, just uh, a lot of things not going well right now. And, uh, you know, you just got to hope that they're going to be able to change it around. Uh, you know, it's a little worrisome because it's been going on now for, uh, you know, 20-plus games. That's a, a quarter of the season. And, uh, you know, you, you still kind of feel like, uh, you know, they can turn it around. But, uh, you know, it's, it's been a long time now that they've been in this uh, kind of – malaise that they're in so uh you know we'll see what happens as we go along yeah to be quite honest with you rp the way Mm -hmm. how it started in anaheim that was worrisome they did come through with the win they came back in and won that game so i will give them credit 
for uh, capitalizing on power play goal chances, and they had a great third period after a very slow start in the first two periods. That worried me. Mm-hmm. I told Glenn and the guys last week, I, I thought this was a two-and-two two trip. We're kind of on par for that. So I'm a little surprised. Glenn, you're going to have to remind me next time you speak what your thoughts as far as what we were going to do on the road trip. I thought it was going to be a full I, – it's, it's going exactly how I thought it would as far as results. You know, maybe not getting killed in Vegas the first game, and then what happened with Jonathan Quick's return to Los Angeles. Uh, if you guys want to have any thoughts on that, is he, you know, his, his Hall of Fame uh, statue is uh, uh, solidified as a Los Angeles king. But, I mean, this, this is kind of going exactly kind of hot. As far as end results, now how the way we're losing, eh, that's debatable. I can understand that. So, yeah, offensively, we are a – yeah, we're struggling. We're struggling. Um, yeah, the – as you were saying, Steve, the, the Anaheim game, you just can't be playing from behind all the time. Or their other problem, and I'm sure you guys have talked about it, they keep giving up, you know, two goals in a minute and five seconds, two goals in 24 seconds, two goals in two minutes and 10 seconds. I don't understand what, what happens after a goal is scored against them. It's like their heads are in the clouds and then a the team, bang, comes down the ice and scores another one, you know. A one nothing game turns into a two one deficit. A two nothing Ranger lead is a tied game, or vice versa. It's it, it's something that's happened over the season, but it seems to be progressively getting getting worse. So I think that's another thing that they have to try to how to stop it. Momentum is such a big thing in hockey. The Rangers seem to lose momentum a lot quicker than the opposition. Yeah, I remember those conversations years ago, RP. We used to make a run and joke out of it. Like, the oh, joke God. used to be <laughs> – I mean, it's kind of come back. You couldn't even – away for a couple seasons. Remember, <laughs> remember, we couldn't even crack a beer to start the game. You were down one nothing. There it is. Down 2 nothing. Yeah, it was a joke. First minute of the game. We used to talk about it all the time. Right? You come home from work. Yeah. It's a 7 o'clock start. You stand. You have dinner. You crack a beer. You look at it. It's 2 nothing. a minute and 20 into the game. What, what – I, I, I'm late to the game, but you guys are supposed to be warming up. Now it seems they're doing it in the middle of the games. And I don't know. To me, it's, it's, not, it's not how it's supposed to be for good hockey teams. It's okay to get scored on. But, damn it, you better put your best five guys out there to make sure they don't score again quickly. I don't know if they need to do a checking line or a whatever you want, defensive, whatever you want to call it. But someone's not doing their job. It's just weird. I don't know. It, it, the thing is, RP, they're still 12th in the league, which is the upper half in uh, goals scored. It's just tampered off from where they started. It, it's hard to keep up all that. We'll go back to Glenn, but I'm just trying to yes. make the point. Remember, we were reading. I was reading the team stats after the first month. I mean, they were in every offensive category team-wise. They were top 10 in everything, Pop, special teams, mm-hmm. even strength, goal scoring, uh, shots. They were, like, top 10. I mean, they were killing it. it that's really hard to sustain. Um, so I kind of yes. expect some of that to tamper off. And I know Carl brought up the point last week as to what type, type of team we're going to be. Glenn, we go back to you. Um, yeah, RP makes valid points. I mean, we haven't really scored. I mean, it's not for the third period in Anaheim, but, you know, like, um, it was, maybe you're going to have to change a heart, Glenn, after tonight's game versus the Sharks. Like, how how do you see the scoring thing looking after, you know, you know, you asked, you asked the question, right, Glenn? You said, what, which team is it? Or was that Scott that asked yeah. that last week? Somebody asked that question. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I mean, what we've seen with this team, uh, especially lately, is uh, even against teams that they should beat, 
you know, have a, a I don't want to say there's no easy game in the NHL, but uh, you know, a team that they should uh, teams that they should really have control of the game against. Uh, you know, the, I, I think back to the two against Washington that were tougher than you'd expect, especially with uh, Ovechkin being out. Uh, the Anaheim game, yeah. I mean, that, you know, they played 20 minutes. Uh, the other 40 minutes, uh, you know, it, it was uh, a battle against a team that's uh, close to the bottom of the standings. Um, and uh, then when they're playing uh, some of the better teams, uh, uh, you know, like Vegas, like the, the Vancouver game, they're just they're, they're just not in the game, uh, you know, from the start. And, uh, you know, it just feels like we're back to a lot of stuff we were talking about last year. Uh, bad starts, bad first periods, uh, uh, five-on-five scoring, uh, up-and-down goaltending, uh, defensive problems in, in their end. It just seems like the same things that we were talking about last year that we didn't see for the, the first 20, 25 games of the season all have seemed to creep back into their game. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of frustrating because you keep thinking that you're going to address these problems and, and they keep kind of being the same problems. So, um, you know, as far as the road trip went, I mean, I, I, you know, I looked at it as, hey, they should beat Anaheim. They certainly should beat San Jose. There's another game, the, the San Jose game back uh, at the Garden a few weeks ago that they had to eke out uh, 6-5 uh, against a team that's got uh, the worst record in the league. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as the road trip went, uh, uh, the, uh, the Knights had been struggling. Uh, they didn't have Eichel. Uh, they didn't have Stone. I, I don't remember who was back, but they, he was out for a game or two. Um, and then uh, the Kings had really been struggling. I think they won like one in, in uh, 10 or 11 games. So you kind of hope that, you know, you can kind of take advantage of those teams that are uh, not doing well uh, uh, like you are. But, you know, they lost those first two. The Vegas game they were never in. Uh, the uh, uh, the King game, you know, obviously that was a great game back and forth. And uh, uh, I thought that uh, Quick uh, was, was very good in that game. Um, and then again, you know, got the Anaheim game where they play one period and they're able to uh, uh, pull it out. But it just seems like a lot of the same problems that we were talking about last year uh, have crept back into their game. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a long season. Yeah. Uh, I'll be real quick, RP. Yeah, I mean, no, no, I just ahead. think they got off to a very hot start. And it's that we said it what, last week, Glenn. We said it, we called it the dog days of January. So yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it from a human perspective. It's kind of hard to keep that type of level up, especially a lot of these guys, uh, especially our better players, are aging veterans. And we said this was the year we kind of we wanted to lean on the younger guys like Kako and Lafreniere and Hedo, but that had to pan out due to injuries. So yeah, but I'll go ahead, RP. I, I I'll, I'll get off to the, uh, I'll get to the stats because the Rangers are still top ten, but that's because of the hot start, but they're still holding serve, but they, they've kind of struggled the last, you know, in January, basically, as far as mm-hmm. going, getting a hot start. So, go ahead. Yeah, no, they, they've definitely evened out, and I think we've always talked about how Laviolette keeps up with what's going on in games and all, and how we he'll change lines when necessary and make adjustments, and I don't think anyone can argue that he's always trying to find a way to get the puck in the net, whether it's, you know, double shift and Panarin, or when he moved uh, Cooley up to the first line for, for a game. I, I think, though, you got to look at the defense. I, I mean, me personally, I just think, hey, Andre Miller is just having a tough season. 
And he even acknowledged that a couple of games ago when he said, I'm just not having my best year right now. And I think somewhere he's got to watch a hockey game or two from the press box. I, I, I'm a firm believer that every player tries. Like, we, we can rip plays for, for playing like shit and, and not playing good hockey. But no one can say these guys aren't out there trying to do their best. Just sometimes it doesn't happen, right? Sometimes, whatever the reason is, you, you're just off your game. And sometimes, I believe you need to watch a hockey game from the top with no pressure on you and just watch a game and go, well, I, I could do that. Or, That's what I'm doing wrong. And sort of a self analysis of what's going on you, you know you're keeping Zach Jones up here and he played the other night because of injury but he's supposed to be the seventh defenseman that's keeping the heat on these other guys to play up the par he's not just supposed to be keeping heat on if someone gets hurt and I think somewhere Miller's gonna have to take a seat and 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 just reevaluate his game a little bit from watching a hockey game because the way they're doing it now he's he's causing us a lot of points he's making some really bad plays and, and I know he doesn't mean to. I think he's squeezing the stick too hard. I think he's forcing the play to, you know, to compensate for the mistakes that he's made, which leads to more mistakes. And and every player goes through this. No no one's we've talked about this before. We've seen it before. So sometimes the best thing you can do for that is to sit a game. There are no easy games out there. So you got to, you know, you're going to sit him against tonight against the Sharks, or maybe you sit him against Ottawa on Saturday night. But somewhere, if his game doesn't come back to that level you got to make a move because I, I think he's just making the same mistakes over and over. And yes, yeah, some players can play through it, but we're, you know, almost at the 50 game mark. You have to evaluate and go one, one game in the press box is not going to hurt him at all. They can't make it any worse, but maybe it makes it a little better. Maybe he sees, Hey, there is someone else behind me that probably won't take my spot, but damn it. If he's playing one game and I'm not, I don't want that to happen again. Because I, I, I think their biggest problem, granted they're not scoring goals, they're just playing bad in their own end for the month of January especially. I mean, when you, when you look at their schedules, there's a lot of L's in January, which we're not used to. And, you know, you want to keep getting better as February, March, and April when the playoffs come around. Granted, they had an incredible start, and that's why they're not suffering as much as some other teams that are slumping. But Philadelphia is right behind us, boys. So well, I got something to say about that, it, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know you do. That, that's what I'm kind of le- leading you into. It. Philadelphia, <laughs> they, they're just playing some. I mean, totally. Worry about just, them. You know, he he gets them on a. He's just got them playing some excellent hockey right now. We we got to pull crap with Cordier, and he's got that team playing. Though they did take a hit. I'm sure you saw Steve that uh, Carter Hart was granted a leave of absence from the team. That's yep. That's going to be play a little bit of. Uh, a factor on them, but I just want them to see them coming back to playing the game that we all know they can play. I mean, it wasn't lucky they had a great start like that. They were playing some incredible hockey. But these guys are relying on Panarin way too much. Well, let me go back to you before we go to Glenn and get his thoughts on the Blue Shirts and then some Canucks and Flyers. So Panarin too much. Panarin has definitely been the MVP team, like a player MVP. I think, you know, Trocha made the All-Star team, right? I, th- I think I saw yes. that. Yeah. Yes, so, he was a replacement. Uh, we remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, I said um, he's in, because of that face-off. He's the reason why we're still top three in that. But mm-hmm. it, it's the, I still believe Zabinijad, I mean, I know it's 50 games, but Zabinijad, 
unless you know things just fell off his skates. Him and Kreider are somewhat going to have. I want to say somewhat. They're going. I think they. I think they will produce. I think Panarin's carried their load. What are your thoughts as far as the other veterans, RP? I know as we was kind of yes. leaning towards the – this is where Scott gets, gets on Lafayette and the young guys, but the veterans kind of have to, you know, pick up the slack for, look, for with said, Panarin. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, look, we've played 45 game, uh, 46 games. Zabanajan's played 45 games. He's got 44 points. You can't complain with almost a point a game. The problem is a lot of the times he's not scoring when you really need him to. Kreider, same boat. 46 games, he's pretty even. 22 goals, 21 assists, 43 points. When you look at the numbers, and, and Panarin's in another freaking zip code right now. He's in another atmosphere. They're all Trocek, Zimbanajad, Kreider, 44, 44, 43 points. So they're all playing well. The problem is we expect more out of Kreider and Zimbanajad. That's just mm-hmm. the nature of the beast. It's just the nature of the beast. You're not going to break up that line, and you're not going to break up Trocek's line. So now the third line's got to stay intact because where you're going to put Cooley and, and, and Brzezinski. So Laviolette has his hands tied. He, he really does because you're not going to break up the Trocek line at all. So now what are you okay. going to break up the first line? So you're going to put Zibanejad as your third line center? It's never going to happen. In my opinion, and people are going to think I'm totally crazy, Kako has to go to the third line. Mm-hmm. Kako didn't do nothing before his injury, and though he's playing hard and he's got a goal score since he came back and he looks good, he's not a first-line winger right now. I don't know if he ever will be. All right? I liked it, even though Cooley only had one game. He's scoring wherever you put him. He finds the puck, first line, second line, or third line. Look at the goal he scored the other night. Makes a great play in the corner. Goes right in front mm-hmm. of that. He's a big guy. Gets the deflection. That's all, that's all the team's looking for. And I think he should be on the first line more. I think he deserves five, six games consecutive with, with those two guys and see what he can do. I mean, we've seen Kako, mm-hmm. even though he was injured uh, 21 or 28 games, he only has four goals. I, I just don't, I don't know if, if that's the answer. And, and look, we've talked about right-wing trouble all season. This isn't something new. I, it was sort of an excuse for everybody when Kako got hurt. But in 25 games, Kako's three goals and one assist. Cooley's got eight goals and five assists in 46 games. Granted, he's played more games. A lot of those games he's played, he's played all over the place. But he, I think he's proven he deserves a shot. If you're going to give Kako a shot, right, and you put Blake Wheeler up there, and Lafreniere in preseason, but he's set where he is on the second line, so I won't use him as an example because they shouldn't touch that line at all. Then why wouldn't you try to give Cooley and see if he, not to get him jump-started, but his energy hitting the way he digs in the corners will give Zibanejad and Kreider more opportunity and get them going. So I, it's just my opinion. He, there's not a lot of moves that Laviolette can make with the line. And I'm sure you guys have been on range of Twitter, you know, just so can shouldn't be an all-star and this guy sucks and, you know, you're in first place and there's a million things wrong. But you can always, you need to always try to be better. I would really like to see Cooley get a shot on the first line more consistently. I think he's earned it and I think he's mm-hmm. playing better than Kaka. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, the Rangers oh, are right? going to have the same problem if and when Hedl comes back. Hedl's not getting a second-line center back. There's no way you take Trocek off that line. No, 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 he's an all-star. Right? So now you got, 
you got right. Exactly. He's winning, what is it, 80% of his face-offs? He's an all-star. He makes that line. They all play well. Even though Lafreniere cannot finish to save his life, he is still getting scoring opportunities. So I would rather have that than have a Kako situation when he gets one shot on goal here and there. So that line can't be moved. There's not a lot that, you know, people are crying that he should be changing lines. I don't know where you're going to change. What, what do you, you know, the only thing you can move, and I'm sure Glenn agrees, maybe you got to trade Goodrow. Because he's got to be the highest paid fourth line winger in the league that's not doing anything. And it's not from a lack of effort. It's just the nature of the beast. He doesn't get a lot of minutes. He gets more defensive role minutes. And we're paying him a lot of money for that. You know, it's something that they may have to consider over the next five weeks to the trade four weeks until the trading is online. But he doesn't have a lot of opportunities to change the lineup or the lines. Forget the lineup. Well, what would you change? Glenn, is there something that we're missing? Well, no. I mean, first of all, RP, I don't think you're crazy uh, taking Kaka off the first line and, and maybe trying Cooley out there for a few games. Um, I think Cooley is, is the the perfect complement to uh, uh, Zabanajad and Kreider. Uh, he, he, he bangs. He's got size. Uh, he goes into the corners. He could create space for them. He's got uh, a good enough uh, of an offensive touch that he can contribute there as well. Um, you know, I mean, he goes to the front of the net. I mean, Kreider does that on the power play, but not so much five on five. And to me, um, you know, although he's young and maybe you're, you're worried about that, but I mean, I think he's the, the type of player that uh, uh, Zabanajad and Kreider uh, could thrive with on, on their line. So I don't think you're wrong there at all. Uh, I mean, Goudreau, you know, he hasn't had a lot of opportunities, um, but he's still, to me, the, the kind of guy that you need to have on a team if you want to win a cup. Maybe he hasn't shown that so much this year, um, but – you know, this team doesn't have a lot of uh, grit or, or snarl uh, as it is. And at least we know he does have that in his game when it's needed. Uh, so, um, you know, I understand what you're saying about the, the, the salary and everything. I mean, that's been an ongoing thing from the day after he signed pretty much. Uh, but I would rather see him, and, you know, we'd have to figure out how it all plays out. I mean, I, I'd rather see him on a third line. You're right. I mean, he's. I don't think he gets enough minutes, and, uh, you know, he is getting paid too much to be on a fourth line. I'd rather see him on, on a third line um, and, uh, you know, see how the lines shake out that way, because you're right. I mean, the, the top two lines, other than the right wing on the first line, there's not much you can do. Um, you know, he can uh, – Laviolette has moved guys around a little bit for a period or so or, you know, a couple of periods, but then he goes back to, you know, putting everybody kind of where they belong. So – um, but there's not much you really can do. Um, I mean, I wonder, well, I mean, there's a couple of things uh, as the season goes on. Uh, if Heedle comes back, then that changes a lot of things too. Uh, then you're probably looking at, at Heedle as a third-line center. Uh, maybe he goes with Kako and Goodrow. Is that a good line? I don't know, but I think it will be worth a try. Uh, and then, you know, with the bottom guys that you have, Beasy and, and uh um, you know, Brzezinski, if he if he uh, stays on the roster, I guess he has to because I don't know if they can send him down without him going through waivers. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can kind of mix and match a little bit with the fourth line. Um, we had talked last week, RP, I don't think you weren't here. Uh, we had talked last week at the trade line, deadline of 
want to go out and get a, uh, a, a big veteran defensive defenseman uh, and, and thinking that that might be the biggest need for them right now because you don't want to, you know, like you say, Keandre has been kind of up and down, not really that great. Uh, Zach Jones, I don't know if you want to throw him out there in, in big games going down the stretcher in the playoffs. God forbid there's an injury to somebody. Um, the, the depth on defense on this team is, is a little bit of a problem, too. So, um, you know, I think when we get to the, to the trade deadline, and then another thing is I don't know if they would do this, but, you know, there's still Offman. Um, I, I still have a feeling we're going to see Offman again before the season's over. I could be wrong. I don't know what you think, uh, what you guys think. Uh, but I think we could see him again uh, if needed before the season ends, too. So, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, there are some options. There are some different things to do. Obviously, they can go out and, you know, uh, uh, trade for a, uh, a right wing. But, you know, I think they're going to be uh, uh, much in demand when the season goes on. You don't want to give up too much if you're going to get some somebody to plug in on that first line uh, and hope that the chemistry works. So um, I think there's a lot of different things that – that may happen, that maybe, you know, we can speculate on, but it might be a little too early to, to see exactly where they're going to go on a lot of these things. Uh, hey, uh, Glenn, if you don't mind, uh, what are your quick thoughts? Uh, we'll get to some Canucks and Flyers thoughts, and then I'll go and uh, come back on some Rangers thoughts after you speak on those, and, and we'll get to more uh, Blue Shirts talk. Well, what do you want me to talk more about the Rangers, uh, Steve? Oh no no no! We we're going to sprinkle in the Canucks and the Flyers, and um, oh, okay. I'll, and I'll come back yeah. with the Blue Shirts. Yeah. Okay. Well, as far as the Flyers go, I mean, from and also actually, I saw Owen Tippett went on uh, IR today too. Um, so I don't know how long that's going to be. It's probably you know with the All Star Game coming up, he may not wind up missing that many games, but uh, he's going to be uh, out for a few games too. And also uh, for the Flyers uh, with uh, uh, Carter Hart. They said for personal reasons. I mean, that could be something where he's gone for a couple of days, or who knows if it's something else that he could be out for an extended period. Um, but the Flyers, you know, from the games that I've been watching of them, I mean, they're, you know, it's it's Tortorella. It's like the old uh, uh, black and blue shirts from uh, 2011 and 2012 where, uh, you know, they're just playing very well defensively. Uh, they're getting uh, terrific goaltending. Uh, Carter Hart's been good. But Samuel Urson has been even better. So uh, they're getting excellent goaltending. Uh, they're they're blocking a lot of shots. They're they're playing a tight defense. Uh, they they don't have a ton of goals. Their goal differential is not uh, you know not wide. But uh, the the funny thing about the Flyers too that I've seen is that they're 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 very good on the road. Uh, their uh, their record on the road is fourteen six and four, and they're only eleven ten and two on the road. Uh, I'm sorry, at home. So uh, if they uh, if they can find a way to win at home, uh, they may find a way to stay in this race. And, and to be honest, I, I'm taking them seriously. I, I think they are going to stay in this race. Um, and it looks like uh, you know Twitterella. We've been through that before. He uh, uh, you know he's got a shelf life, uh, but when he comes in, he can uh, get a get a team jump started for uh, for a year or two. And I think that's what he's doing with the Flyers. That you know kind of surprisingly, I didn't really think they could do that. They don't. They're not scoring a, a ton, uh, their goal differential is nine. Um, but with the start that the Rangers got, they're only four games, four points behind the Rangers. So, um, you know, you, uh, uh, you know, they've just kind of not hit a slump. They just kind of keep plugging along. 
and uh, uh, you know they 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 just uh, keep kind of inching up in the standings. They've been hanging out, uh, but nobody's got like a ton of goals. You know, Connecting's uh, leading them with uh, 22. Farabee's having a good year. Tip is having a good year. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of doing it the old-fashioned way, just playing real good defense, getting some good goaltending, uh, playing a hard-nosed game. And, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of where they are. And, and uh, I was skeptical the first uh, six weeks or so that they were going to be able to keep it up, but they have. So they've made a believer out of me. Uh-oh. Okay, okay now, okay. Um, real quick, blue shirts. Um, RP, I think we are in an agreement with, the defenseman situation we brought up last week. And I will find a name for you guys for next week. So I didn't really dig that deep because I was kind of bringing other notes to the table for this episode. But, we're, you know, the Keandre Miller struggles uh, can't go unnoticed. I will say this about the L.A. game. That game was there for the take to at least tie and push it into an overtime. In an area mm-hmm. where the Rangers do thrive in the in the power play, they went over 3 uh, they did not capitalize on the delay game and the L.A. game uh, and the high stick. But um, I, I thought that game was kind of set up for the Rangers to take that, like they normally would have over the last couple of years. It just didn't go their way in L.A. The Vegas game, I, I kind of saw that kind of coming, uh, you know, where Vegas puts up a – you know, they, although they may struggle, I even – you know, they'll, they will smoke teams at home for whatever reason, no matter who's in the line. But, yeah, Keandre Miller, uh, talking about an extra defenseman at the deadline, Howard Drury wants to play that, um, definitely should be on the table for sure. Sure up the defense uh, and securing the puck has been an issue, and this is the reason why we kind of stumbled in some of these games. Um, You brought up Goudreau, and, uh, you know, listen, uh, there's there's a valid point when you bring up the salary part of this conversation. It's the value versus the production and what you're getting out of that, and it's it's been kind of struggles, though. You know what I'm saying? So either whether it's Benino down there or Pitlick or – they they and, and that was the question I was gonna ask last week. I'll ask it when it's when when I get back to URP as far as the question is gonna be on the table for both of you guys this week. What type of fourth line style would you like for this season's roster? So just that's the question. So when it gets to you guys, remind me of that question or you could just write it down and, uh-huh. and answer that when you guys get it. But uh yeah, I, I you know, listen, here's the here's the good thing. I'm trying not to jinx this shit. Um I think we could be of course I don't wanna say of course. Anybody could be anybody in the NHL. Uh, Glenn, you brought up San Jose, and I brought up the fact that it seems like some of these teams that even stink and they go east, they score a lot of goals. We brought that up with San Jose. We brought that up, I think, with Arizona. They did that when they went east. I don't know. It's weird. But tonight, the Rangers should handle business. Not only should they handle business, they should go on a nice little win streak by the time they play Colorado. That's how I look at it. They should be able to do that. Uh, So when it comes to... I'll start with Philadelphia, and I'll, you know, then I'll get to the Canucks. I don't understand it. <laughs> There's, they can't score for shit, and they're still there. It doesn't make no sense. But it's almost like the conversation we had with Winnipeg last week. The defense is kept, is kept a minute. So the, pick, the penalty kill is top ten. The goals against is top ten. But here's the thing, guys. I don't think it's going to last. I think they're going to tamper. They're going to go away at one point. And the, re, the part I think they're going to go away, Glenn and RP, 
I was looking at the schedule a couple of days ago, getting ready for this uh, discussion. February, they'll mm-hmm. be high. You know, I, 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 I'll, I'll grant what Glenn said as far as they're a better road team. It's sometimes that is with, with certain teams in certain sports. They're better on the road versus home. Even the Rangers were like that a couple of times over the last eight years, ten years. I don't know. I can't explain it. But this season they are. They're better on the road than home. But when they get the March, February, I think they'll still hang around. Winnable games for the Flyers. Both February and March is a split, like 50-50, home and away. But when they get to March, this is where I think it goes downhill for the, for the Flyers, unless they do something at the deadline. Unless they do something, they improve their scoring. Toronto twice, Boston twice, Carolina, Florida, New York Rangers, all in a half a month in March. I don't like their chances at all to survive that. And um, they lost the last two games, Colorado, Ottawa. They're even down tonight versus the Lightning as we speak at home. I think, you know, they're going to go away at some point unless they do something at the deadline to improve their scoring. So, I mean, that's almost like a wait and see what they do if they improve their scoring. Because if they don't, they're they're done. I do, I do not see them survive in March. No way. Vancouver, well, totally different conversation. They're top team in scoring. <laughs> This is a team of, I think we all, all hockey fans kind of underestimated to be a top team at this point in the division. I could see them top two or top three, but definitely the way they've been playing, the way they've been scoring. JT Miller has been been scorching hot. Pedersen, Quinn Hughes, Brock Besner, and, and, and Felix Harank. I mean, they, they score a lot of goals. They're the top team in, in scoring goals this year. Uh, and the crazy mm-hmm. thing, RP, we always have these conversations about you need shots on goal, shots on goal. They're tops in scoring and bottom in the league on shots on goal. So they're efficient as hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So any uh, and then goals allowed is pretty damn good. And then they're top ten in the power play and they're mid, like ha- you know, middle of the pack in the P- on the PK. Uh, this is a very good formula. This is the formula that I think they could probably sneak and get to a, if not the semifinals, but the Western Conference Finals, if they could keep this up. So I'll come back to the Canucks, and then I will also come back to the Flyers when it's my turn around, and I'll get into a little bit of uh, AHL moves with the Wolfpack, with uh, Quinn did, uh, with, 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 with Chris Jury did. But RP, my question: What kind of fourth line makeup would you like for this year's roster? And if anything else you'd like to add for the blue shirts, feel free. You know, I don't have a problem with the fourth one on the team right now. They're they're aggressive. They can score. Two of them are penalty killers. They play good defense. I just think he's coming down to salary with, with Goodrow. And I, I think – and it's crazy to sound, and I, I know that we need that kind of player in the playoffs. I think you might be able to get some offensive talent if you got rid of a little bit of salary. And there aren't, we've discussed this in the preseason, there aren't that many players that you can move that'll make it beneficial. Um, I do disagree with you guys on one thing. I don't think trading for a big defenseman is going to solve the problem. Where would you put him? If you take Braden Schneider out of the lineup and you're going to go make a block or a big trade deadline move for a defenseman, and then he's going to play 10 minutes a game, Don't, I, I don't. I think you have to get a right wing, and I know everyone needs it and everyone's looking for it. But guess what? That's been maybe Taco didn't get hurt. Did not have more discussions of possibly trading him for someone. Though I know they don't want to trade a first round pick, but the injury kind of knocked that whole scenario out because he wasn't there. 
Uh, I think you have to look at the top four defensemen are going to stay the same. As much as we complain about K. Andre Miller, for all intents and purposes, he's in our top four. Any defenseman that you trade for is going to be probably with Gustafson and Schneider would probably get moved to the seventh and Jones would probably get sent down if he could clear waivers or not. So trading for a defenseman is not going to help this team score goals. It's no. not going to help get a, an even balanced top two lines. It, it, it doesn't solve the problem. It makes a trade for the sake of making a trade to say I tried to improve on the team. And I don't think that's what Drury's looking to do. And I don't think we'll do that. They, they have to solve what is bring an option up after the trade deadline and say, you're staying up here. You're playing right wing on the first line. We're going to give you 10 to 15 games and let's see what happens and let him figure out what his NHL game is. You, you can't do that in, in, in two games the way they did it last time and say, okay, he looked good. We want to give him a little taste. Go back down. That, that was just a waste. You know, he came up when, in a nine-game drought. He hadn't scored in his nine previous AHL games. Then you put him up with all of that pressure and all. And his first game was really good. He had five, six shots on that. His next game, he didn't get out of play. This and that. And then they sent him down. So either you bring Osman up and see, maybe you bring him up now and see what you do before the trade deadline. Or, mm-hmm. or you bring him up after the trade deadline and bite the bullet and, and see what you have. I, I really, I don't think making a, a big trade for a D-man is going to bring the team to the next level that they need to get to in the playoffs. Could be wrong, but I don't see how you get a big defenseman in enough minutes to want to come here. You, you're going to... You, we're we're not sellers, we're buyers, but you don't want to waste it either. And I want to just bring a guy and trade a Kako and someone else or a draft pick, knowing this guy's going to leave at the end of the season because there's nowhere to put him in where he'll be happy with his minutes as a defenseman. So they're in a real tough spot with that. Unless, you know, unless they want to trade one of the top four defensemen, which I totally doubt. I mean, I want to be a stretch with, with contracts as they are and all, but I don't see that as being a, a, a viable option. Yeah, I don't think that, uh, you know, when we were talking about bringing in defense, when we were talking about bringing in somebody that you'd have to give up too much for. Um, but I think just somebody who might be a, a little bit of a veteran presence. Uh, um, I mean, you're right that, uh, uh, you know, who are you going to take out uh, if that winds up being the case? Uh, so I'm not, I'm not sure what they would do, but I think just in terms of, you know, if there's a, any performance issue or any injury, uh, this team doesn't really have a, a safety net uh, for defense. So, um, I mean, I don't think we were talking about really giving up too much to get somebody, uh, uh, you know, that would uh, cost a lot that would be leaving at the end of the year. I do agree with you, though. I mean, this team, you know, is, is going to need – Somebody on on right wing on the first line, whether it's Cully. Um, see, I would I would bring up Osman now um, and see what you got because then if it doesn't look like that's going to work out, then you still got the, the trade deadline to go get somebody. Um, you know, if uh, uh, there's no reason to bring them up after the trade deadline if you've already acquired somebody to fill that hole, but if you've decided that you know you're going to bring them up and and kind of wing it and hope for the best, then. Um, you know, that's a different story. But, yeah, I mean, I think I think this team really – I'm not worried about the second line, but I think this uh, – I think Mika and uh, and Kreider just need somebody who's more complementary than they've been able to find, not just this year, but over the course of, of the last 
few years. It seems like, um, you know, that's kind of become the, the spot where you, you, you put somebody in and give it a try for a few minutes. Oh, it doesn't work. Let's try somebody else. Let's put Wheeler. Let's put Kako. Let's put Coley. Let's try. You know, it's, it's just like a revolving door uh, on right. that right wing. So, so yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think they need to, to go out and get somebody who they can, uh, you know, they tried doing that last year with Tarasenko, um, you know, but those, those guys are going to cost you something. And, uh, you know, they're, they're going to have to decide what they can and want to give up. I mean, I think the key to that is going to be if Heedle comes back. If Heedle winds up on long-term IR and doesn't come back, then, you know, then they should have the money uh, to cover uh, a salary to bring somebody in. So I think that's a key there, too. Um, you know, if Heedle comes back, that would probably, uh, you know, if he does kind of kind of solidify the third line, if he comes back and he can play, uh, you know, we shouldn't assume that just because he comes back, he's going to be able to, to go back to being the contributor that we expect him to be. Uh, so I think that's kind of a key issue, too, and that's something that obviously we don't know. I mean, Drury might have a better idea than we do. But, um, you know, I think if he doesn't come back, then that will give them uh, sufficient cap space to uh, go out and uh, get somebody to fill that first first line right wing. Yeah, I mean, well, he's, always he's supposedly honest. He's uh, two things with with Offman. The reason why they might have not called him up is he hasn't scored a goal in the last eleven games. He has ah, seven okay. assists in those eleven games, but he hasn't scored a goal since okay. December sixth. So he might have hit that proverbial wall. The AHL. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but they may just feel bringing him up is going to put even more pressure on him, and he hasn't really okay. been producing down there. Don't know. Okay. It, it still may not be a reason. He just he's just not. He's getting assists. I mean, he's got seven points in eleven games just to roll right. to roll assists, which is all leads to goals. So that's a good thing. But I think if you bring him up and you put him on the first line, you're looking for him to score. So right. I, I don't know. That, that could be one way or the other. Um, and with Hedl, he is on his supposedly. I read that he's on his way back from the Czech Republic. He was doing really well skating with his strength and conditioning coach. I'm sure you guys all saw the picture with him and Yarmi Yager, who was skating yeah, with him yeah. a little bit. Yeah. But but if he does come back, he's going back to the third-line center, which means what, Brudensky? Who's third-line center now, Benino? I, forgot who, yeah. I can't believe I forgot who's yeah. in the third yeah. line now. No. It's Benino, yeah, right? Yeah, Benino. Yeah, I think so. So, so either... So if he comes back, you're either going to sit Benino or you're going to move Brodinski out and put Benino on the wing. By the way, that doesn't even address the the right wing problem. Granted, it, it addresses that they put him on long-term IR, but I don't think they're going to keep him out for the whole season. I think they're going to okay. keep the opportunity that he can return. Because like we said, there's still 40 games to go. So if he can come back with 15 games to go and be ready for the playoffs, I, I think they'd rather have that. So. And, and those are all gambles too, you know. You keep yeah. it, you know, if he's ready to play, technically you're not supposed to keep him on long-term IR. So then, what do you do if you're ready to fill the spot salary-wise? So we will. But then again, when the playoffs start, they could bring up whoever they want because the cap's only for the regular season. So it's all it's all the way you manipulate money and status and, and things like that. Yeah. And we said that uh, the last couple of uh, seasons, where when it comes to Chris Drury, he's found ways to make something out of nothing. So I kind of do not expect this season will be any different, especially in we're in a better position the last two years in the standings at this point. 
I will say this about Keonja Miller, and I, you know, RPF, we've been day one supporters of Keonja Miller. So mm-hmm. if they're going to go through the evaluation of his play and what they want to see how he plays in the system, it's never out of the rim. Like a lot of these guys' contracts are kind of designed so they could be moved. I'm not saying that they're going mm-hmm. to trade him or they should trade him. I'm not. Right. Nothing doubts me on what Chris Drury will do for the betterment of this team. Meaning, if it's a one for one, if they feel that defensively right. he is laxing to the point that you could get another defenseman on his behalf and let him thrive somewhere else, you could still walk and chew gun. Meaning, you can improve that right wing position no matter who it is and still get a defenseman. Drury has done it the last right. couple of seasons as far as getting the players that he needs. Um, now, it could come with a hefty price when you talk about right wing ringers. Uh, he, last season when he went and got Tereschenko and, and Patrick Kane, and we were in a different situation knowing that we couldn't improve or pretty much lose our situation or lose our playoff position unless we really bottomed out or just went, you know, wet the bed the whole way. That just wasn't happening. Where I think in this particular situation, we have a, couple, uh, a, a team or two right behind our heels for first place. You know, I... You know, I don't I don't know the cost, but there are players available and if he could do what he did last year with Kanan and, and you know, all the drama with Kane and getting Tereshenko, two right wingers or two wingers, you know. I don't see how one can't he can't get one of those and a defenseman and then just trade off what he needs as far as being more of a defense right. uh, a stay home defenseman in the system they want to play with the one three one with Lafayette. Uh, it's not. I mean, the Rangers haven't won since '94, dude. It's, it's time to okay. You know, we could get attached to these players like we did with Zuccarello and and, and Stepan and those guys or whoever. But, but when the, when it's ready to win, man, I mean, the Rangers are not that far off. No move is not out of the, the possibility. Real quick, let me get to the, speaking of Chris Drury and him and um, uh, Ryan Martin for the, the Wolfpack. They uh, brought up uh, Matthew Robinson to the Wolfpack. Now the Wolfpack, I wanted to say this because we get you know some Rangers affiliates into the conversation. Uh, fourth in the East. Remember last time I talked about they were kind of tampering off, but they had a, a nice win Saturday over the Bridgeport Islanders, uh, and uh, they just you know, that's a competitive. Eastern Conference in the AHL is still, still stuck in fourth place. Um, and then uh, that's kind of where they are. You know, when guys come down and up, they, they're starting to lose games. Uh, OHO, no, nothing really different since the last time I brought them up the last couple of, uh, couple of weeks ago. As far as standings and the Kitsuner Rangers doing their thing, top of, they got a lot of scoring punch out there. But, uh, yeah, the blue shirts on the AHO and I mean, well, well the Wolfpack on the AHO and the OHO, nothing really has much change. The, the only difference is, you know, with, when it comes to to the Wolfpack, with Chris Drury and Ryan Martin, you know, they're going to be in those conversations like you were saying, RP, with um, how to handle Ottman or because he's not scoring, they're not going to bring him up. Robertson uh, coming back to the Wolfpack. Um, but listen, I do think this thing, and if you look at the schedule, RP, we'll go around for final thoughts. <laughs> it, it, it'll look stupid if we, you know, I, I, I don't want to jinx this. You know, I'm really superstitious. Be San Jose, we'll go on a nice little run until we play Colorado. That's how I look at it. <laughs> I think that's how that's the best way I can see. <laughs> I mean, just to be honest, I said four points on this road trip. Please don't let me down, man. I'm going to watch it. I'm trying to get to at least to the second period. I'm going to record it, and I'll wake up and watch the rest and not check the scores. I'm, I, I'm superstitious like that. So, 
RP, your final thoughts, uh, anything else you'd like to add uh, from the uh, Blue Shirts, rest of the hockey league, we'll, we'll get off and then get a game to watch a little bit later this evening. Yeah, that's optimistic. It's going to run. They got the Sharks, and then they got the Knights, and then they got the Senators. For some reason, all three of those teams we seem to have the Rangers number. So uh, we'll just see how it goes. The schedule, I mean, look at it, guys. The schedule doesn't get easy, so they're going to have to find their game. They have to go back to playing the way they were playing before. It's really not that hard. It's a simple game. Keep the puck on their side of the ice. If you just keep the puck out of your end of the ice, that's half your battle. Stop making all these cross-ice, middle, high-percentage passes that, that get picked off and wind up, lined up excuse me, in the back of our net. Chip the puck out. Simple breakout plays like they're doing early in the year. They just need to go back to playing the way they were. I think what happened was things were going so well, there was like no effort needed. Things were going so good. Mm-hmm. And now, now mm-hmm. with that, that adversity part, and every team needs adversity. You know, the Rangers have had it with injuries. Let's be realistic. You know, Chesterkin's been hurt. Fox has been hurt. Heedle's been hurt. Cockle's been hurt. They, and others, they've had that adversity, and they're still in first place. So there was a lot of positives to come out of it. I do think that somewhere, somewhere you're going to have to maybe use quick a little bit more. I mean, the man is third in the league in, 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 uh, in uh, average goals against with goalies that have played 15 games. Now, granted, he's played 15 games, and Chesterkin's played, like, 36. But the Rangers play a different game when he's in net. You see the confidence in him. You see the confidence in the players. And we're getting to the stage where we always say you have to play the best guys that give you the best chance to win. And if Quick needs to play a little bit more to get Chesterkin to play better for the end of the season in the playoffs, then that's what you got to do. So, uh, you know, I don't know if Chesterkin, to me, hasn't really fully bounced back from when he was injured. He just doesn't have that Christmas to him. He, early in games, he just doesn't look comfortable. And when you need that big save early in a game, you don't get it. That's not to say Quick always does it either, but I just notice a difference in the two goaltenders. And to me, I don't care who's in goal. You know, there were some guys that would try to be Chesterkin. It's got to be the guy that's going to give you the win. It doesn't matter if, if Quick has played two games in a row and you think he has a better shot to win the next opponent up, then that's who plays. It's not about keeping Chess Stark and happy. It's about getting points. So I, I'm a believer that as this gets really condensed, there's a lot of hockey coming up after the All-Star break. you got to play the guy who's giving you the best opportunity to win games. you got to play the best 12 guys, uh, 12 forwards. You know, it, it's the same thing. So I just think uh, as a unit, they have to find what they did well the first two months of the season and get back to that now. And if you got to make a, you know, bring up an off-in or put a coolie on the first line, do it now before the trade deadline. Just so you have an idea of what you really have and you know what to look for. Because the Rangers don't have that many guys that they could trade, guys. The, the fourth line, obviously, none of those guys have any clauses on them. Pitlick, VC, Goudreau. And Bonino and Brodinsky and Lafreniere and Kako. So those six, seven guys are the only guys that you can move. Everyone else got no move clauses on the forward lines. On the defense, it's a little bit easier. I mean, you're not going to trade Fox. 
Floyd has a no move. The rest of the guys, they could do with whatever they want to do if they wanted to go that route. So, you know, it's funny looking at all these things. They're so limited because of these no move causes. Not that you want to trade those other guys, but your hands are tied because you can't. So, uh, you know, do you move Kako? He's got one more. He's a restricted free agent after this year. You trade him, but you have all the control on him next season. Lafreniere is making $2.3 million. He's got two years left on his contract. I don't see I don't see how another team is going to want anybody else but one of those two guys on our club right now. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to trade. I don't. I can't see him moving Lafreniere. Even though he can't finish, he's part of one of the hottest lines in the NHL throughout the entire season, not just a little. That that line everybody is eyeing. So I don't I don't see Drury taking advantage of that. I think he would rather Lafreniere get his assists and, and miss on his breakaways and scoring opportunities and once in a while scores. But Trocheck and Panaro keep putting the puck in the net. So now who do you who can you trade? Kako. And isn't that the same thing we said in September? Uh-huh. We said in September if Lafreniere and Kako weren't hot, one of those two guys would get moved. Well, Kako's definitely not hot, regardless of his injury. He wasn't hot before he got hurt, and he's not hot now. And then maybe he needs a change of scenery, and maybe there's a team out there that's willing to take a $2 million hit to trade us a right wing that will produce more than him. And it's, it's unfortunate, but it's the only, real move I, the only real player I see somebody is going to want to give an opportunity to. And that's my pretty dismal final thought, but I'm looking forward to the game tonight. <laughs> you watching the whole game? <laughs> nah. You're staying up. Steve Valaket. Steve Valaket just. Steve Valaket just tweeted. So who's staying up for the whole game? And I tweeted back. <laughs> it's, it's period by period. It's it's watching the whole game and getting up at 4 a.m. It's a real fine line. So we'll see where we are after the first period. <laughs> right on. Right on. Take an hour now. You can take a I'm nap for an bed. hour now. Forget that. If I nap now, I, I wake up and the game's over. <laughs> <laughs> up. Like I'm too, I'm too old, I'm too old to power nap, guys. Power nap. Shout out to RP, Razor proud, and um, shout out to RP. We'll be back next week. And then Glenn, your final thoughts. You got two more teams we want to get to, uh, uh, Glenn. I'll have a defenseman for you guys next week. I'll have one. But Glenn, you got two more teams you want to put to the table. Yeah, I mean, first thing about the Rangers, I, I think the next 10 games or so, they really have to make a commitment to defense. Uh, like Crowder said the other night after the game, good defense creates offense. And they were doing that early in the season uh, where they were disrupting teams at the neutral zone and transitioning and getting uh, odd man rushes and things like that. And, uh, you know, if they're not scoring right now, I think they have to make a, a commitment to defense. And I think Laviolette will do that. Um, and uh, just kind of let things uh, go that way for a while, and hopefully they can get some offensive chances out of that and get the offense going. Uh, so I think these next 10, 12 games, uh, that they really need to start looking at uh, April, really, and, uh, uh, you know, looking at the home stretch and, and try and pull this together, whatever experimentation, whether it's Ottman, whether it's Coley on the first line, uh, whatever they need to do, Kaka on the third line, um, I, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with Wheeler. I thought Wheeler was going to be the third line right wing all year. And, uh, you know, if we're talking about uh, putting him on the fourth line or being a healthy scratch, I don't know what's going to happen to him. Maybe that's a discussion for another night. 
But uh, anyway, I think these these next 10, 12 games, uh, we really need to see uh, uh, a change in attitude and a change in, in the way they play. Uh, as far as two teams going for next year, how about we talk about next two year. teams that are, that are surging right now? How about the Colorado Avalanche, who, uh, if you guys yeah, remember the beginning of the season, I picked to win the Cup. Uh, they Uh-oh. are surging right now. They're they're a point behind the Jets and uh, seven three and zero in the last ten. Uh, and how about the uh, thirteen wins in a row, Edmonton Oilers? Let's try to explore Ooh. what's been going on there with the stars that they had and why they've been able to turn it around. Uh, I do oh, want to talk about. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Well, we, I yeah, do want to talk about Dallas. I do want to talk about Dallas, but I want to do it on a night when Carl's here. So uh, if Carl's ever on, maybe we could pivot to that. And uh, I'm also kind of interested in talking about the Islanders with their coaching change and if we think that's going to uh, make a difference as well. So uh, if you don't want to do Edmonton, maybe one of those two. Uh, Steve, no, I'll leave it to you. We do, we, do, we, do, we got Colorado on Monday, and we'll be back here next Tuesday. So we'll get a, get a, a very good eye on them the night before Monday night versus Perfect. the Avalanche. And and then also the Edmonton Oilers, we'll talk about them. And, I mean, that's going to be a gauntlet out there between Vancouver, Edmonton, uh, L.A., Vegas, um, in, that, in that division. But, yeah, man, you know, I'm not I'm – not, I'm not, we just want okay, – I, I think this is the theme, and I'll, we'll wrap it up. We want the team just to be consistent and just do better. We weren't chasing the Boston Bruins from last year. I think a lot of some Ranger fans may have thought that. <laughs> so it may have looked promising at first, but nah, man. I mean, listen, they just got to win games more, be more consistent, especially on both sides, offense and defense. I think they'll be fine. I think this is where we kind of separate, get a little bit of breathing room in the next couple of weeks in the standings uh, around the mm-hmm. break, of course. I think uh, Philadelphia is losing right now. If we beat the Sharks tonight, we'll have two points up, plus two on the standings on them right off rip um, after tonight. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not worried. At, I was gonna say I'm not worried. I'm, I'm actually excited to see what they will do over the next couple of weeks. I think they could go on a nice little win, nice little you know win streak. I do. I really believe that. Um, yeah, uh, you know, Glenn, we'll talk uh, Colorado, Edmonton. Uh, I'll have a defenseman name. Or even a right winger name for you guys next week. Probably some old faces and in, in uh, back in Blucher's jerseys. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. But Glenn and RP, good talking, good talking, guys, man. Enjoy, you guys enjoy the game. We'll be back right next Tuesday, 8 p.m. In between that Colorado Tampa Bay game next week. Uh, so yeah, let's have some fun, and uh, I think we'll be all right, guys. I think we'll be all right. Sangre azul, ladies and gentlemen, and bleed blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue.